Welcome to Change Space, where we explore how God's story is changing our stories, growing stronger and healthier minds and identities for us, transforming our relationships with Him, with ourselves and each other. I'm your host, Ruth Stephen Qualpoli, and I'm so excited to discover with you how God's story is changing our stories. Welcome to Change Space Episode 7. I cannot fathom that we are at Episode 7 when I could not even imagine Episode 1 a few weeks ago. So I want to celebrate with you what God does with time when we give Him our attention and our time. Freedom. That's the work that God is wanting to do in us when we give Him our time. God takes the time that we give Him from the gift of time that He's given us, and He moves us from darkness to light. That is the work of freedom that He completed on the cross. That work is completed. The only work that remains is us accepting this freedom by surrendering our time. I especially appreciate the freedom work God is doing for you and for me as I look back at the last few years of my life. You see, there was a storm coming. There was a storm coming in my future that I didn't know about. But God did know. And so he longed to give me freedom and help me survive the storm. So he met me in a prayer room 10 years ago, got my attention, kept my attention, and started getting my time. And that started to change me. It changed me from someone who was far more mistrustful and far more isolated into someone who was starting to develop trusting relationships with others who loved Jesus and wanted to grow closer to him. The Holy Spirit got me into a family of God that built me relationships in which I was growing together with others in Jesus. And that was producing so much light against darkness in my mind. But there is this really big storm coming. And I want to be really clear that that storm was coming whether I was with Jesus or not. And so I am so grateful that God made sure to give me ample opportunity to have him fully embedded into my life before the storm hit landfall for me. Because this storm, it was going to be wrecking havoc with or without Jesus. But with Jesus, the storms look different than without him. I think it's time we start talking about the storms in our lives. I really don't like talking about this. This has been an episode I've probably tried the most words to speak out about. And I have had Jesus give me lots of special understandings, but realize it's not for this episode. It's today when I spoke these words out as I was talking with Jesus that I realized these are the words he wants me to stay to say to you. And I really don't enjoy being vulnerable on a podcast 
where I can't even see the person I'm speaking with. This is such a one-sided conversation that God is asking me to trust him to have. So I'm going to do it because I've learned in this three years of brokenness that whatever God is asking of me is for me to be freed a little bit more from the darkness in me. This three-year period, of which I'm just now starting to emerge from, and which I broke, could clearly be defined and diagnosed as a clinical depression. And it was clearly tied to the situation I was in. I say these things out loud, not just because Jesus is asking me to, but because these are things we don't tend to talk about as Christians. Because, friends, if we are Christians without Jesus, that's a dangerous space to occupy because then we just have a bunch of rules we use as weapons and a book that we get the rules from that becomes that weapon to hurt others and from which we hurt ourselves. And that is not why God gave us his word. God's word is to free us from that very darkness, but it requires relationship with him to do it. And so my story is one in which I celebrate on the seventh episode that God took seven years to grow a relationship with me, a relationship that was with him and not about him. And that was life-saving for me because the clinical depression that hit me as my life upended produced a darkness I have never experienced in my life, revealed a darkness I didn't know was inside of me. And it is this God who loved me, who brought me into relationship with others that provided for me people to intercede for me. I had grown enough safe vulnerability with enough people who loved Jesus by this point who saw me break. They just saw me break. And I cannot say these words without wanting to cry, which I hate to do, but which I teach people in therapy is not a thing to fight, but to go with. So here we go. We're going to keep going. I had people who loved Jesus, who saw me break and who interceded for me. I could ask them to pray for me as I was emotionally and psychologically breaking. We are so much more comfortable asking for prayer about our physical health when sometimes it is our mental and psychological and emotional health that has a lot more at stake in this battle of light and darkness in our lives, in each of our lives. So God brought enough people who I was safe enough to ask for help, to pray for me in this darkness. And then he got me walking and listening, listening to so many words. Those are words that are part of much of what I'm speaking to you now. They're probably going to be the words that have been foundational to what I'll be saying in later episodes. These 
are not words I'm saying because I read them somewhere. These are words I'm telling you because I've had to live them and I'm still learning to live them. Human voices telling me untruths started the relationship lies built into my brain. So God gave me human voices, reading his words out loud and his word, the Bible, sermons, songs, and eventually podcasts, human voices telling me the truth of who he was, that I desperately needed fed into my brain to combat the lies. I had no idea some of these lies were even in my mind. But here's one of the most damaging, that I had to work for love, and that I had to do it well, and that I had to get to a place of perfection. That's why the number seven is so freeing for me, because that number reminds me this is not a work of perfection the way I, as a 21st century human, understand the word. It's the way the ancient words in scripture tell me. The Hebrew and Greek words for the translation of perfect in our English translations come from the word complete. Old and New Testament both agree. This is a work of completion God is doing in me. And that work is a work that starts with rest. I know it's counterintuitive. It's one I still fight to believe because it just does not compute with the rules of engagement for life that I learned growing up. But the first day for humanity is that seventh day in which Adam and Eve rested with God after God had completed the work. So it's almost like a rest work that we get to do. Because the second story of creation in Genesis 2 is telling us God made us for work. It's a work that rests in him, not the work that we struggle to do ourselves. And so this damaging lie that I had to work for love and I had to get to a place where I didn't make mistakes or screw up anymore, that is the freeing work he's doing in my mind as we speak, as I say these words to you. Now, I have been blessed by other people's voices speaking truth into my life, which is why I'm going to be obedient to tell you that this has been part of my life story. I am praying that the blessing I have received from others is going to be carried beyond me, that my voice is going to give you some of that blessing as you hear me speak about the truth of the story that Jesus is writing for you and me. It is a story that will get us to go through a valley of the shadow of death, of darkness. Many of us have memorized Psalm 23. It's giving us the symbol from Genesis 1. The darkness is a valley to be walked through with Jesus. We cannot hear him, see him, while the darkness is interfering with our sight 
and our hearing. The freedom is to see him and to hear him more clearly, to perceive him with our perceptions. And the more love that we receive from Jesus, the more we are able to perceive his love. As I started this podcast, not knowing what I was going to be saying, I had to trust him that there was freedom for me in the obedience. But for a long time, I held off on starting because I couldn't imagine him asking me to do this alone. Wasn't my story one in which he was showing me alone was no longer my story, that I got to work with others. But while I waited for somebody to walk this podcast adventure with me, nobody showed up. And the persistence to do it grew and grew until I started it. And it's only been my voice you've heard. Every episode has been unique. Every episode has brought me face to face with something in that limbic system in my brain, a darkness, a deceit that I believe. And the neuroplasticity that I spoke of in episode one is this very work I'm doing right now, saying these words, recording them, not knowing who's going to hear them and what it will do for you. That neuroplasticity is me allowing Jesus to uproot deep roots of lies in my brain that are keeping me from him. And nothing keeps us from the love of God except our own choice to reject him. And I have given him permission to do whatever to me, to get me to him. And whatever to me that will let my loved ones see him and be able to freely choose him by knowing the truth of his beautiful love. So I am walking through this valley into this podcast and episode by episode, he's been reminding me everything I am saying is relationally based because he is a God of relationship. It is through relationship. He has made us to be changed. Words, prayers, conversations, Bible studies, they're all here in my head and they're coming out in these podcasts. These words are coming from my relationships with people who love Jesus, some who know me personally and some who don't even know I exist. And he has been showing me that while you have only heard my voice, I am not alone. He is with me. And he's brought people into my life who pray for me, who intercede for me, who I can have truthful relationships with, kind relationships with, compassionate relationships with. That darkness was battled by the Spirit, by the Father, and by the Son who died to make this battle winnable. And because our God is a God of relationship, and because my God prepared me for the storm, there were people praying for me. There were people who I could say I was struggling. People who I was not a good friend to because I was struggling so much. But there are three people who lived with me during the struggle. There are two people, my children, who I railed at God against having to see me this broken And it is the people who pray for me, who have been reminding me that the truth is better to give my children 
than any lie. And here's the truth. The truth is a relationship with Jesus involves walking through valleys of darkness as light battles to overcome darkness in each of us. We have lied to our children about what relationship with Jesus is because we've taken the Bible and made it into a rule book. And it's not that. It's relationship. Relationship with Jesus is going to involve head-on conflict in which he has already won the ability to have victory, but it is in us to choose whether we will allow him to do the victory giving in us. It is our choices that dictate if the work will be received by us. The completed work that he's done for us needs to be received by us. And the truth of relationship with Jesus is this, that life is actually hard, but life with Jesus is sweet. This storm that broke me, it was coming whether I had Jesus or not. There are storms in our lives that are coming whether we have Jesus or not, but we can do the storm with Jesus. That is the truth. And as I railed against God that my children were seeing me struggle, God has been helping me see, at least now my kids know the truth, that there are hard things to work through. But there's a Jesus who has won the victory over the darkness, and he's fighting for me to win in this battle if I would rest in him, if I would give him my time, if I would give him my attention, and I would give him my focus. Friends, there is a God who wants to give us a different story from the one we're writing. When we write the story, it's from our limbic systems, that place of shame and blame and darkness, filled with fear and mistrust. God wants to give us a new story, but that means we have to let him into our brains to fight out the darkness, overcome it with his light and love. It requires our permission for this. I'm grateful now, a little bit, not completely, that my kids have seen me in this struggle because one is about to leave home. And when he has his first walk that he can think through and remember well through a valley of darkness, I'm praying he'll remember his mother has walked with a God who loves him and is stronger than the darkness, that his perceptions that the darkness is overcoming him are not true, that the light is greater than the darkness, and he has seen his mother fight and seen his God bring victory. I have a husband who watched a wife not look like anyone he recognized from who he married. And that produced a lot of his own darkness to work through. And I'm glad I can say that he is trusting God and the battle of darkness for him. 
and I have a daughter who will one day grow to be a woman who I hope remembers the woman she lived with. Trust God through the dark times because she believed light wins, that light overcomes darkness, and she saw with her own eyes that it was true. So I've asked my family if they'd be willing to share some of what they're learning about God and trusting him, and they agreed. So I'm giving you some of their words now. I learned that you really can't trust him if you don't give up control. You can't trust him if you don't give up control? Mm-hmm. So you have to give up control in order up, to be able to trust him? To really him. trust him. That's what you've been discovering? You can't say, I mean, for me, I can't say I, I, you know, I trust him fully, but then I like to hold on and, and control things the way I want to do it. And mm. um, if it's not my way, that means it's not what it's meant to be, but maybe that's what God wanted. Hmm, okay. One thing that I've been having to trust God in recently is with my college decision and figuring out like which college is the one that I'm supposed to go and like what major I should do and like what my overall plan is for my future that aligns with uh, God's plan. What's it like to trust him in that process? Like, what does that look like for you? It's like uncertain, it's like uncertainty, but but you have to like have faith in no and like trusting the process. Mm. You want to describe the process a little bit? I'm still working out what that process is. Gotcha. So it's a learning to yeah. trust. Okay. Thanks. I've learned that you have to trust God even if the problem isn't fixed right away. Ooh, time and trust. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. You can't trust for things that come right away. You have to kind of, like, trust the process, similar to what Brennan said. Oh. Things don't happen so quick. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a unique story. The story God is writing for my husband, my son, and my daughter, they're not my story. But our stories influence each other and the choices we make about our stories because God is a God of relationship. And relationships grow healthy and strong when we allow relationship with God to flourish in our lives. So I'm glad you heard a little diversity of voices in speaking about where everybody is at in their journey of trusting Jesus. We do this together because one of us is going to falter 
and the others will be interceding and uplifting and encouraging. And that's how God intended it. He wants the many parts to be in all their beauty and diversity, growing harmony with his spirit so that we are one whole body of Jesus. That is the identity of belonging to Jesus. Episode seven is running a lot longer. And I have tried and tried and tried to keep it short. And I'm realizing I'm giving up that fight because this one's just going to be long and it's going to be sitting there when it gets published, waiting for the person who needs it to be this long about these things. It's not about my ego. It's about the joy of giving testimony that our God is trustworthy, has never failed me for every strange thing that he's asked of me, including this podcast. It has been freeing me from darkness in my life And he's asking you something right now. He is loving you right now. He is speaking to you right now. He is present with you right now. He never stops loving you. Every day we are being loved and we miss out when we let the darkness dictate our perceptions and how we use our time. Our space grows darker. That is not what our story needs to be. He has made us free to choose light. And in choosing light to grow relationship with Jesus, and in growing relationship with Jesus, we are going to be working through dark times as the light is pulling us, carrying us through the darkness. And as we come out of each one of these valleys of darkness, we're gonna hear Jesus more clearly. We're going to see Jesus more clearly, and we're going to perceive how much he loves us a little bit more clearly. And each time we do this, we see him more, we hear him more, we are loved more. Our identity is as his beloved. You are beloved. I am beloved. And we do not have to let the darkness tell us our story. He has given us a new story. It's a beautiful story. Listen for him. Look for him. He has completed the work to make this possible. There is nothing separating us anymore from his love. And he is calling us to give him permission to complete this work he wants to do in each one of us. Beloved, you and I, we are loved. Let's live out this story of love that he has written for us and live free together with him. Belonging, beholding, becoming. So, so in love with this God who loves us beyond our understanding.